And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic MBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Trevon Edwards, Mo Dakil, Jay King, and we have got a hell of a second round for you. I'm Zach Harper. We got Dave DeFore producing uh, on the show today. Playoffs, MVP. That's what it is. There's your rundown. Bruh. New York strip steak. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. We'll start off with uh, where should we start? You know, we'll start with the the first game on Saturday, with the Boston Celtics losing 103 to 101 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis was ridiculous, but. My favorite part of this entire weekend is in the heat of yet another just absolute complaining about the referee fest on the internet. And we're, I think it was in Mavericks uh, Suns. We get the last two minute report from the NBA saying, hey, yeah, that Marcus Smart thing. Like, we, we got to correct. Right, Jay? Is that, is that what happened? Basically, like, it used to be the five o'clock Friday news dump. That's when you would release stuff. But now everyone's on the internet all the time. So you, there is no Friday news release dump. So now they just they just wait until there's a controversial moment. Like Chris Paul's fouling out of a playoff game with nine minutes left. They're like, all right, let's let's uh, let's get that two-minute report out there. It's funny because I was on the phone with another Celtics writer, and we were waiting for the last two-minute report. And we actually looked up when all the others were released, and they were all released significantly earlier. Yeah. So I, I don't know what was going on in the league office, but it was definitely later than normal. And it definitely came at a time when not many people would be focused on the Celtics Bucks last minute report because what everyone did, was already freaking out about the next controversy. <laughs> what, did, what did you what did you think of the, the play, the call and then I guess the last two minute report? So the. The play, the Marcus Smart three, I thought he was shooting. But I also thought the NBA has called that consistently all year long. At the end of quarters, at the end of games, if someone turns into a heave-looking shot, he is not rewarded with three free throws. That's just kind of the way it's been all season long. And I think it's because they want to stop people from grifting their way to three free throws in situations like that. Um, so I, I, I wasn't, I, I, it was really close though. <laughs> like, it was really close. It could have gone either way to me. Um, but I, I definitely thought he was shooting it uh, and not like, why would you ever do a rip through there? What's the point? You get two free throws and basically lose your team the game. It was a weird decision. It was a really weird decision. Um, 
it kind of like, I don't know. I Trey, I'm getting so sick of people complaining about referees. And I'm not trying to like say that they're they've been good. The John Horse stuff was the best. It's inconsistent <laughs> as hell. But I'm just so it's just maybe I just need to not be on the internet while I'm watching these games. But it's just nothing but whining right now. And I get it. Like I'm whining about the the amount of replays we're having. Right. I'm not. It's not like I'm not participating in this. I can't stand the amount of replays. But Trey, I just feel like everything. Everybody is just whining about referees at this point, and both sides hate them and think the refs are against them. I think all fan bases that teams are still active in the playoffs have been whining. Like, yes, yes, no yes, one's yes. happy about anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one's happy about anything. They feel like something's going this way, something's going that way. This person should be suspended. This person should do this. This is a flagrant one. This is a flagrant two. We've gotten beyond basketball and watching the actual product and just complaining. You know what I mean? And it's just like, all right, man, cool. Like if you got, you know, again, it's hard to say stop tweeting about it because we're here. It is what it is. Um, But I personally have kind of started to dial dial back and just watch the game without tweeting. Or I have like created these like communities to kind of do to say, and I know people aren't there, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of finding the like-minded tweets, you know what I mean? In that situation. But I think right. that's just the the fan having a voice and an extending beyond the arena um, and their couch being heard at this point, you know what I mean? Being from your yeah. couch and having a voice yeah. and you just kind of have to deal with it. It's like going to the barbershop and someone reading the uh, you know, a, a ticker and telling you about your job when you cover the sport. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my, my one thing is, and again, I don't, I don't think they're wrong. In terms of like the officiating being bad, like the best officiating we had all week, it was Zach Zarba did a review in like twelve seconds. Like that was the best. <laughs> it didn't matter if he got the call right. Like, it was oh twelve God, seconds. You can do this. It was twelve seconds. Yeah, it was twelve Doesn't seconds. Doesn't matter. I think I think they got the call right. I don't care though. It was only a twelve second review. But yeah, Mo, it's it's it just it, it's a fr- it's frustrating because like what we should be talking about is like yo Giannis went for forty two or. Yo, Al Horford's been playing out of his mind, or what the hell did Jason Tatum do on Saturday? But instead, it's just refs, refs, refs. More importantly, if you're going to complain about the officiating and saying this is the worst officiating we've had all all playoffs, blah, 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 I want the, the year you thought was good officiating in the playoffs, right? Like, I want the vintage you thought, like, all right, the, the 2008 season, the refs were on fire. Every call was great. Like, <laughs> let's just stop with this, like, nonsense. Like, this is a thing we do... That, I don't know a year where I could just say, oh, that was officiated really well. In a year from now, I'm not going to remember how poorly a game was officiated during the playoffs or anything like that. Like, And these games were not lost. Not one of them was lost because of the, the, the officiating. A lot of it had to do with dumb plays that they made earlier in the game and things like that that put them in a hole. Like in that Boston game, they gave up 18 transition points in the third quarter, Zach. Like that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot. I don't want to say that's all they have to do this series, but that needs to be their number one key in this series is just take care of the ball, take decent shots. Don't even go for an Milwaukee offensive rebound. Transition. The, don't, don't go for an the offensive Bucks rebound. The Bucks half-court offensive numbers have been so bad in this series. They're, I think their they're top half-court number so far is 91 points per play, which is just comical offense. It's it's and, terrible, and so it's just then, like turn the 
turn the ball over, miss miss some bad shots, and all of a sudden Giannis is off to the race, and nobody can stop that man in transition. He's unbelievable in transition. Then everyone else gets going. Drew Holiday gets open threes, and Connaughton, and that that to me is the series right there. The two games the Celtics have lost, it's just transition offense for the Bucks. That's it. Gave him twenty eight points in transition in game one. I think it was twenty one in game in game three. Game two when they won, held them to six transition points. That's the game. It's not fouls. It's not officiating. That's the game right there for the the Celtics. Well, the Celtics shot thirty four free throws. <laughs> they shot a ton of free throws. You can't complain that much about. You can't complain about the. The only thing I would say about the rip through with Marcus Smart, I would have just awarded the foul, the the shooting foul, because if you were gonna foul, foul when Jalen Brown was in the paint. Right. You know, and like that's the time to draw to, to take that foul uh, and put him on the I'm, line. I'm with I'm with Jay. Like I like they've consistently called it this way all season long, so I'm okay with it. I thought it looked kind of like a you know, kind of like he I mean he was going for the shot anyway, right? Like he or he You don't jump on a rip. Yeah, yeah you don't jump on yeah. Like I just thought that I thought eh, that's kind of a kind of looks I mean it's Marcus Smart, so the it, the shot's gonna look weird. Anyway, right? <laughs> like it's it's tough to judge on the motion, but yeah, like I thought, okay, that probably was going to be a shot, so he should get the three. But the way they've called it, and, and yeah, like why are you doing a rip through there? Um, yeah, that was that was just a weird moment with with Tatum. Mo, what did you notice that that happened with the way they defend? Like, it was just him missing shots. He had a bad game, or was there something that the Bucks did? I don't think they did anything as much as just Wesley Matthews really locked in on him. Right. And I think pressured him, didn't give him. He's been so good in this been, series. Been great. Gave him no airspace. Tatum didn't have a lot of room to really operate. The yeah. it, 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 every time it looked like Tatum might have something, help was coming. And, and it just put him in a real difficult position the rest of the way. It took him completely out of the game. I feel like the way they're guarding him. It's sort of like Kevin Durant in, in round one. They're being super physical. They're staying with him all the time. When he comes off a screen, Wes Matthews is always like just either attached to him or Tatum knows he's trailing. And I think even even when Tatum does get space, like he's thinking about that. Mm. You know, he's thinking like Wes Matthews is going to be there. And and like he's like Tatum said, he passed up shots in game three that he probably should have taken, probably would have taken most of the time. And I, I just feel like Wes Matthews, Drew Holiday – have done such a great job. The Celtics need to do a better job of screening, getting those guys off Tatum, getting him easier looks because Brooke Lopez is going to be laying back. Bobby Portis, they don't want him switching. Like There are opportunities against the Bucks. It's just really tough to get to, to those. Um, do we feel? How do we feel about this series the rest of the way? Trey, do you think the Celtics come back and win this thing down 2-1 or do you think the Bucks have kind of figured it out? Uh, I think the Celtics still have life at the end of the day. Um, it just kind of boils down to like, again, trying to make those, cause that game was super close and it could have been decided either way. Um, mm-hmm. but again, they have to play, you know, they have to do, uh, a little bit better, um, at kind of closing the games out, um, and, yeah. and trying to, you know, establish a little comfort zone, which is tough because respectable, you know, guys from Milwaukee are playing really well and people forget how deep they are, you know, and I think that's, that's the main thing. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I don't. Is just I, fucking good. I, I, <laughs> has been ridiculous, man. Like it's it's like Giannis has just been unbelievable. Even in even when he's bad, I feel like he's unbelievable. Like he just overwhelms the game so much. Even when Grant Williams and Al Horford were defending the hell out of him, like he just is smothering the game at all times in some way. Just look how long he is, Zach. Like I just feel like it's, 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 it's the one or it, two steps that he's at the rim from half court almost. It's ridiculous. Like that's just yeah, it's insane. It's it's it's, it's absurd to have to try to really defend him. And what Jay was saying, when he gets in transition, it's over. You ain't got a chance. And then also, it's crazy. Like Grant Williams and Al Horford are the only guys on the Celtics who have a chance. Which like Jason Tate, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, they're like six seven, six eight, strong, long. He looks at them like like they're like Jordan McLaughlin size. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, <laughs> I don't know why, why he Jordan was the McLaughlin first one to come to mind. Catching strays here. Um, you know what's I, what's funny is I saw this and it, I think I want to say I think Dragonfly Jones tweeted this. He was like, "You can't, you can't like in the first round be like, yeah, Nets. This is what physical basketball is all about." And then in the second round, you're facing Giannis. You're like, "Help, please! He's too physical." <laughs> <laughs> Like where where are the whistles? Like we need the that game. That game was one of the most physical oh games I've ever it, watched. And how in fun person. was that? My Other God. than like all the whistles, like that was so fun. I I, I it, it was every single play. Dudes were just just, just, just throwing their bodies into the yeah, it was a mosh pit. Four or five guys would fall. You're just like, oh wow, okay, keep yeah. keep going. Nothing oh happened. God. Let's go. I was so worried that if somebody dunked because there were like three guys on the ground, if somebody dunked, that they were just going to land on someone and roll their ankle. That was one of those things like you had those, to hang on the rim for like ten seconds, let the traffic yeah, the clear up below, and then you the can whole go time. right. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get, guys, let's get angry. Oh, Let's get to it, okay? That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Warriors Grizzlies Saturday night. The Warriors win by 30. That's not what we're angry about. What we're angry about. Did Jordan Poole intentionally injure Ja Morant? He, he pulled his knee, kind of. Pulled his knee, kind of. And so, um, this has been a weird series. And I think it's, I think, it, I blame Steve Kerr. I blame Steve Kerr for the breaking the code comment after the Dylan Brooks foul. 
on Gary Payton the, the second, and now we just have like anything that happens. It's weird, like, and again, Dylan Brooks like can't control his body. Like, you know, Desmond Bain had a weird thing with Jordan Poole where he dove for the ball in an odd way, uh, where he actually did look like a football player. I know we joke about that, but he really looked like a football player in that play. And then John Morant, you know, the game's kind of out of out of hand, and at that point, and he gets his knee pulled um, a little bit by Jordan Poole, and so I don't like Mo. Where do, where do you stand on the on the knee gate? Yeah, this isn't a gate. Like it just it. No, it's a gate. No, I mean oh, it's, it's a it's, gate. It's, you know, uh, no. Okay. Taylor Jenkins said, it's a, "I'm curious. Okay. I'm, I need to see. Like, I'm curious. I want to see that." You can't say I don't want to push. Ja tweeted it with break right. the code. It's a gate. <laughs> and then deleted it. By the way, if you're going to tweet it, keep it up. Exactly. There. No, that's how you know it's a gate. That he was too hot for Twitter. <laughs> he had to delete it. I, I mean, I just think it was an unfortunate incident. I don't feel like anything malicious. Like we're 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 going nuts here. This isn't. Dylan Brooks trying to decapitate Peyton. This isn't Draymond pulling uh, Clark down. Like this was just a, a freak incident in a play. Maybe maybe not normal, but it's something where like that happens sometimes, right? All the grabbing and stuff we have in the NBA in general. Like I'm not I'm not shocked by it. It's just a crappy situation and and it it blows. But like the the Grizzlies are now trying too hard with all of this stuff. And I'm with you on. I really wish Steve Kerr didn't introduce us to uh, breaking the code. No, it's just gonna be a thing. It, it did look bad though. It looks it looks the, the video weird. did yeah, look bad or at least weird. weird anything looks bad in slow motion and though, right? Like when you sl- slow agreed. these things down, it's like not Baywatch. Good point. Um <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the thing to me is I have never seen a player get injured before when someone tugged at their their like right around their knee. I just don't know that I've ever and seen so someone were, tug at someone's knee before. Like that was the part where I was like, if, what the hell happened? If you were trying to injure someone or trying, like that's the last thing you would ever do. You know, like, and that to me, when I, when you think about it rationally, I, it's just hard for me to believe that Jordan Poole was sitting there thinking if I grab him like this, it might hurt him. Because it it's never happened before. Like I've never ever seen that in my entire life. It was just a weird play, an unfortunate play, and I get why the Grizzlies are upset about it, um, because of how hard the Warriors went at Dylan Brooks, like where Kerr was still going back to it in his next press conference right. like the next day. He was st- still going back back to it. Then you see a weird play like that, you get pissed off, Jaws probably going to miss game four it sounds like so and then the, the, on top of it all the grizzlies were always destined to have beef in every playoff right. series like that is a team <laughs> all, all that is just talking. out for beef yeah. in the best of times never mind when when guys are getting injured in success successive games for you know weird or borderline or dirty plays yeah trey what what do you think the do you think there's any fallout for for this series, like with the between the Grizzlies and the Warriors moving forward? Like, is there going to be some long-standing beef now moving forward, or is this like if we get a little bit of distance from this, it's going to be like, okay, Jordan Poole wasn't trying to hurt him. Okay, he wasn't trying to hurt him. It was just reckless. Like, or is it just going to be like, nah, this is World War Three between these two? I mean, it can go either two ways, right? It can either be the Patrick Beverly Russell Westbrook situation where you know, Jaw doesn't let it go, 
and it's just yeah. a personal brief between him and Jordan Poole, or it gets to a situation. And I think like Memphis is new here, so you can't call it a rivalry. You have to actually like they would have to beat Golden State or it'd have to be fairly yeah. close for it to be like okay. go down, go seven, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they would have to meet again and maybe maybe one more time to call it a rivalry. Um, but maybe bad blood would be the thing, right? And obviously yeah. you mentioned earlier about, you know, break the code, which I didn't even get it at first because I wasn't following. And I seen Ja tweeted and you know, it, it's just been I guess annoying for both, you know, fans from both franchises, you know what I mean? To be, look, he bumped him there, or it was a dirty play there, or it was a dirty play there. It's basketball at the end of the day. It's physical. It doesn't get credit for its physicality, but it is physical. Things happen. Um, anything could have, you know, happened in that situation. I've seen they highlighted the closeout where he bumped knees. And then, yes, yeah. you know, I mentioned that, you know, Jordan Poole's, technically not ripping phone books. So I don't think that is his grip is that strong. <laughs> um, but to a respectable point, you know, there, there is a raise of opinion, but I thought it was very nasty of how Taylor Jenkins pointed out like, Oh, he intentionally did that to hurt my guy. You we've went away from basketball. It's now the, yeah. the injury allegations of like, Oh, they got a bad player. No, they got a bad player. And then the fans is- get involved. And we're we're still losing the the i the main focus of this series. You know what I mean? Like right. now, when they beat them in five or whatever it is, because I don't think that it, you know. Again, I, I think now the not I hate, there. They're not gonna. But yeah. I think he's gonna play. I think they're gonna do this stupid trend of like not announcing it and just pay the fifty thousand fine, which they did with Booker and uh, I forgot another player that that, uh, that was oh, right? Embiid, didn't Embiid? right? Yeah. And then and, and then. Uh, cool you want to throw off their game plan it's corny whatever but um at the end of the day i think that you know memphis is a very good team um they had a great regular season um but the warriors have it you know what i mean and like i'm not saying that it's easy they had to fight for it and i think that they move on um from this series but i don't want the black cloud of like oh the reason why we didn't advance is because jaw um you know jordan Poole ended it all for us you know what I'm saying? Like right. the end all yeah. the, He's basically Zaja Pachulia in this right. situation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. This is why I blame Steve Kerr. <laughs> like, this is because it got the it got the discourse going this way. It's the second round of controversies, <laughs> yeah. though. Of like, course, every, yeah. every series. Everywhere, so you know it's good. everywhere people every, are pissed we, off. We There's it. controversies everywhere. They didn't give us a damn game seven in round one. First time since 2011, we didn't get a game seven. So now look, we got to create our own controversy. Trade off. Everybody's yes. too all the pent up frustration yes. from that day when we didn't, when we weren't able to watch. But just on exactly, the, just on the basketball component of that that game three, I don't know what Kerr was thinking when he was throwing out uh, Jonathan Kaminga out there to start because he was terrible to start the game. But that whole game changed once Otto Porter Jr. came in. It's not like he Oh, he was great. He, he, yeah, he, great. he just it wasn't even like No, he was he was like in position every everywhere. time. Like just yeah, in the he right was in spot. Great help position. Yeah. Moving the, the ball, gr- crashing for yeah. rebounds, things like that. Where like stuff where Jonathan Kamingo was like, and I felt like that was unfair for Kerr to throw the rookie in there who Yeah, this guy you slap dicks are just always oh, we need more Kamingo. We need more Kamingo. It's like he's 19 years old. <laughs> he, <laughs> I I thought they needed more Kaminga. Hand up, hand up. That's on. <laughs> okay, so you're the one that made the call to Kerr. Hey, go <laughs> yes. ahead and go with this. Like it just. I actually think it was on. I think it was on POC earlier this week where he's like, "We need more Kaminga." I, I, I was just like, thought, "What are we doing?" Athleticism, athleticism and length. 
Yeah. And, and they got, obviously, they get a little bit of that with Porter. He, at he, least a he threw, Kaminga drove down the lane and threw a ball just clear out of bounds. There wasn't a warrior within five feet of the I pass. Would, I was I like, mean, it was, what are we doing? Look, if there was someone standing there, it would have been a great pass. <laughs> it would have <laughs> been, been an amazing pass. Yeah. But, um, the, but the man, the warrior. the other part of that game. Yeah, they just, the Grizzlies could not keep them in front. Like, Jordan Poole got to the paint a ton. Steph got to the paint a ton. Yeah. They, they just could not keep those guys in front. And obviously, part of that is because you're, you're so afraid of their three-point shooting and their off-ball movement and everything like that. But they need to do a better job of of forcing those guys to to shoot contested shots and not get into the paint every time. Like it was, it was just really bad. The amount that those guys got into the paint. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Better shooting effort from Clay Thompson, 4 of 6 from three-point range, 21 on 13 attempts. John Moran stuff, you, uh, whether there was a tweet and then, then he deleted it. Uh, some feelings of that, that Jordan broke the code. Uh, is that just playoff talk to you, Clay, or you, is there something serious going on here with, with, between the, these two teams? Uh, that's definitely playoff talk. Um, I mean, per- me personally. I've been through a tough knee injury, and I don't think there was any malicious intent from Jordan. I don't even think he's strong enough to affect somebody's knee, but we're not out there trying to hurt people or trying to club people in the back of the head on a fast break. We play the game the right way, and I'm going to have his back because he's not out for me. No. You, you found a bit of an offensive uh, all right, let's go to Sunday's action with um, the hell was going on with Chris Paul. That was <laughs> <All weekend. laughs> the weirdest game I've ever seen from Chris Paul. Like, it's one thing to have the turnovers. Like, I, we don't really see that a whole lot either, right? He had he had seven turnovers in a game, I think, for what was it? The 13th time in his career and the third time in his playoff career. Um, and, and it, so like that was a weird game, but then Sunday he had a couple of turnovers earlier. I was like, what the hell's going on? But for the most part, it was li- like, he looked like Jaron Jackson jr. And, and him had did a freaky Friday. <laughs> like he was just making some of the weirdest fouling decisions. And I think like I, you could call that last one where, he like briefly touched the arm of Jalen Brunson 
like on that putback, like you could call that. That was an iffy an call. An iffy call. But everything else was, what are you doing? So he put himself in a position to be ejected on that. And like, and it was just like, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what, how to like analyze what that Cause I can't expect him to play like that again. Like he always has a weird playoff game where you're like, what's going on with Chris Paul? But not like this. Just like he short circuits. Yeah. <laughs> like w- once a year he short circuits. Yeah, that was so and weird. That was it. But this happened in two games. Um, but the 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 foul, the one that he tried to draw in the backcourt when he had four fouls, uh, Jalen Brunson, when he tried to dribble into Jalen Brunson's path and, and, and tried to pick up that foul, like I'm just like, dude, you have four fouls. What, what? are you doing? This isn't the time to do this shit. Like, why? Why? Or then he's going for an offensive rebound when Luca has position when he already has three fouls late in the first half. Like number one, you're not going to get the offensive rebound. Number two, you cannot put yourself in that position. Was, you have three was, already. Just you're the smartest, one of the smartest players of this generation. Just don't do the dumbest shit ever. It, it was just really ridiculous. Like just watching all that stuff from him, I, I I'm stunned. Like that's obviously yeah. Having I got a front row view of 2014 when he when he did that, and I just had flashbacks all over again. All of a sudden, I was in Oklahoma well, City. <laughs> well, it was just it was so weird too because like if he's just any kind of good in that game, right? With the way Devin Booker was cooking, like I think they maybe hang in it and 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 win on the road and take control of that series. But instead, he's a complete non-factor. He plays what like 22, 23 minutes. And so it's just on book to carry them and Trey, like with the way Luca, with the way Luca was playing, he didn't shoot all that well, but the way he was playing, the way Jalen Brunson was getting into the mix, and then the way Dorian Finney-Smith just shot the hell out of the ball. Um, I think it was just at like Booker was, it was like Booker was being asked to go beat a team by himself because no one was really helping him. Yeah, I mean when you really look at it, this team is driven by two players and they feed off that. And when you got Chris Paul not playing well, you know, he was in foul trouble and he I, and I'm pretty sure he was distracted. You know, what I mean, I, you mentioned it's weird. He had the birthday and then also yeah. his, his and wife and then like his yeah, wife what happened his, with his family. So his wife and his mom were being like basically harassed by fans. And of course, this, this young guy, he's probably 18, 19 years old. He's in college. He's not a kid. They made it seem like he was a 12 year old, but he's like. 18, 19 years old, he allegedly put his hands on like Chris Paul's mom or wife and um, because they were both at the game. And, you know, side note, Shaq mentioned that someone needs to be in the crowd with them, especially visiting games. I I agree because fans can sometimes get hostile and I'm sure he didn't like swing on them, but you don't put your hands on other people, especially someone's mom. And since the seats were so close, I'm sure Chris was distracted in that moment because he can look over at the bench. He can look. He sees an altercation, and now it's no longer focused on the game. Um, but not to take credit from what the Mavericks were able to do, I think it was just a flop fest, and it was very disgusting. <laughs> um, and it reminded me, and, and you know, this is, this is the utmost respect to soccer, but it reminded me of a soccer match. You know what I mean? Like a guy yeah, trying was, to get somebody to get. It was great from. From Jason Kidd when he said that they're learning from the best in Chris Paul. 
Oh yeah, I thought that. I thought that was <laughs> what crazy. A line. <laughs> um, wow. What a and, yeah. And 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 Chris Paul is one of Jay Kidd's students. You know what I mean? Like he's he's played under him. He's played with him in the uh, in the yeah. Olympics and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought the Mavs were really, you know, they they brought it. They had more of a a team effort. Guys help Luca out. You know, Luca was nine for twenty five. Finney Smith was, you know insane from the outside and then Jalen yeah, Dorian was he was playing like Rudy Gobert was his matchup like he was just firing yeah and then you know Jalen Brunson you know had the 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 the, <laughs> the drive the driveway game he's basically like yeah. the dad against the 12 year old like yeah, hey, you're not gonna beat me and bodying people and just you know doing what he liked up in there and and you know again it's a testament to that home crowd getting them energized and and, and, and firing them up to win for them because, you know, Phoenix before that had beat them 11 straight at the crib. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's a different tell of the story. And, and, and the tell of this playoffs has been a home court advantage. So um, I don't think Phoenix lays down. Obviously, I think that Phoenix fans are going to be super loud and they're going to respond. And I think Chris Paul is going to try to be, you know, really smart about staying on the floor and available for his team. And I know he was kicking himself. Because, um, you know, and Monty's that that goes in the test of Monty's trust in Chris Paul leaving him out there. And, you know, they he, he managed to get in foul trouble and have to miss out in the whole third quarter. And then that little ticky tack foul, which I didn't think was a foul um, that potentially cost him, you know, a chance to, you know, be in the game. But yeah. credit to the Suns, they were still in the mix. I think they were down six when he fouled out. Um, yeah. Still fought, still clawed away, but it's just too much, you know, for Dallas. Um, I wonder if Luca is going to start becoming disliked nationally with how much he complains because he does complain so much. I I thought he was going to be a disaster last game because early on there was what happened. Like he, he ran into Aiton and, and Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder kind of like, not shoved him to the ground, but like kind of put him on the ground in that play. There was no foul called and he was incensed for like three possessions after that. Got a technical foul. He was like playing super aggressive. Like he's either going to foul out or get himself thrown out right now because he had like lost his mind for like a good minute and a half because of that non-call. Um, he refocused and and he and he had a really good game despite not shooting well. Uh, but there were like, I, he complained so much and it reminds me of like just Chris Paul over the last 10 years. I'm like, I wonder if that's going to, like, if he doesn't, I guess it would depend too, Mo on like, will he win? So if he like, doesn't win a big one. Right. And, and is complaining like that all the time, then maybe it turns, but also like, you know, I, there's a difference in the image of everything factors into if they haven't started to talk about Luca's complaining to the point where it's turned people off I don't see it happening now like he's been doing this his entire Maybe, yeah. it, 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 really since he's gotten in the league like he's there have been a lot of crazy crazy actions from him yelling at refs and everything like that through, since he's been in the league and I don't think that's going to change anything and now that they they've won a playoff series and got rid of the team. Nobody wanted to see get to the second round in the Utah jazz. I he does get a boost. He, there. He yeah, there's right. there's yeah. no way to really kind of to take him down right here. If he loses to the Suns, they were supposed to lose to the Suns. If they right. beat the Suns, he goes up another notch because they weren't supposed to beat the Suns. And yeah, I think that's true. That's, that's the, 
the, the situation there with Luca, but he's got to figure it out. And they were talking about it on the broadcast, how, you know, Jason Kidd's trying to talk to him and you, do you, you know, do you want that call in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter or whatever? But he's got to figure it out at some point, just being able to control those emotions because it's getting wildly out of control. To me, they need to force Luca to beat them with his scoring. Number one, then the other guys are more limited. Number two, well, they did that. They did that in game one and it two. Tires him out when he has to create. When he yeah, when he has to create yeah. everything for himself. Game four, I just felt like they let too many shooters get open. And when Luca can pick you apart like that and get everyone else going around him, that's when the Mavs are most dangerous. So I think they just got to do a better job of of turning him into a scorer. Let me let me ask you guys this question though. What have you seen from DeAndre Ayton in these in these the last two games? Like, cause I've I've just I'm shocked. This is a dude that wants a max contract. And watching from what you've seen lately, would you even give him a max? Yes. Like this is Okay. Yeah. I'm, a big like, I, I'm not gonna let two games I, like I, overshadow. No, 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 like no, no. What? He he was awful defensively. And, and and I mean from the start of the game, he's in drop against Luca. He can't. He, he tries to switch. He gets burned. He's everything he's doing. Then at the then in the fourth quarter, they treated him like Gobert. He's guarding Finney Smith. He's out in the perimeter. He's not able to protect the paint at all. Doesn't know when to go or come or things like that. I'm watching this, and I was, yo, you got to pay Aiden at the start of the season. Now I'm looking at it, going like, You're I don't mind. know if I'm going to com- give him the max. Get out of here, Sar- Sarver. No, what are you talking about? No, don't 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 put me on no, Sarver. What are you talking though? about? Sarver. Like, of course you're Yo, going to give him the max. Sarver. Of course, he's if putting he up 18 if he's, and nine with 65 percent shooting in the playoffs so far. Okay, and having no games. impact on the game. He had two bad having games. No impact. No, no impact. impact on it. Oh my god, you're out of None. your mind. What are you talking about? None. Not not paying him. I'm done. I'm done. I'm off him. I can see why Doc fired you. Did you ask Pop that question? I do feel <laughs> like... Oh, oh, oh. oh we're going to throw I personal do. stuff out there now? Okay, Zach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do feel like the, the Bavs, at, over the two games at home, they did a much better job of forcing the Suns to guard them in space. Like, the Mavs have guys who can make plays beyond just Luka. You know, Jalen Brunson can beat you. Spencer Dinwiddie can beat you. And and I, I think they did a better job of forcing some of Phoenix's slower-footer defenders, including guys who aren't, like, super slow-footed, like like Cam Johnson, Jake Crowder. Oh, man, they were abusing Cam Johnson. To, to, oh my to God. stay in yeah. front of those guys. Yeah. And... And so I, I do think maybe offensively Dallas has figured a couple of things out that that they can attack in this series. Yeah, I mean, look, Aiton needs to be better, but I I think that part of that is them helping him out. Like, no, he's not Bam Adebayo or Draymond Green or Joel Embiid. Like, he's not going to like fix a defense four years into or three years into his career. Like, he's not going to do that. But he's also someone who like can dominate portions of a game. Like they, they, they're not taking advantage of his size at all. Like they do it for like the first few minutes of the game. And then that's seemingly it. And they should be, I mean, he should be destroying Dwight Powell. He should, should be destroying be Maxi Clayton. And that, and part of that is them not setting him up for that. Like they could be running a whole lot more pick and roll with emphasis on getting to the role, man. 
and putting him in position. Like they when they give but, it to him, they're giving it to him way too early. But that's but that's not but that's not also Aiton's problem. The the real issue with Aiton is when he does get it, he's always going to a finesse game. He's got the size advantages on guys, and he's not even trying to any sort of power. There's a time for finesse, and there's a time for power. He's shooting 65%. I get it, Jay. I get it, Jay. Keep throwing the number out there. They're not winning games with him out there right now. What are you talking about? Not these two games. I'm telling you, they got a problem with Aiton. They have a genuine issue with it right now. I think he's got to play with more power when he's in the post and really make those guys pay when they put Kleba on him. 25 points in game one. He had 25 points in game one. And what has he done since? Won another game by playing good defense, and then they've lost two games in Dallas. Yeah, and he was terrible defensively in those games. What is this character? Terrible in those what games. Is this? this is such a bad argument. Not a character. It's, a it's just a bad argument. All right, we're moving on. To the Sixers. This is the second round of controversies, oh including, my God. including on the, the Bud's think, panel. I don't think I'm paying DeAndre Ayton. What? Not the max. Okay, good luck with that. See, see, see if that works out. So you, so you'll, you'll, ra- you'd rather lose DeAndre Ayton than pay him the max. Find a sign and trade. He's a restricted free agent. I'd rather go. I tell him go. Don't need to find back. You don't need a to contract. do a sign and trade. He doesn't have to agree to a sign and trade. Biombo is ready. Biombo is ready to start. Can you use this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Joker is going back-to-back. I know you had mentioned in your last appearance here that uh, this is the your sense of the way things were going, but uh, do you agree with this assessment? I mean, I think? voted for Embiid, but I knew Jokic was going to win. Um, you know, I, I will be interested to see when the voting is released. My guess is that it won't be that close if I'm making, um, you know, quotation marks with my hands. 
I don't, you know, I don't think it'll. I think you know, Giannis and and Embiid will probably get about a third of the votes, and I think Jokic will get you know 60% to two thirds. Um, Jokic was terrific throughout the season, and his statistics, his advanced statistics, really are powerful. Um, I believe his all right, Embiid is back, and the Sixers look back as well. Uh, but game game four, which they win 116-108, uh, kind of James Harden was the story of this. Like, Joel Embiid makes everything better, but James Harden went nuts in the fourth quarter. I think he had 16 of his 31 in the fourth, hit a couple of big threes to put this one out of it. And the uh, you know the, the Heat finally got a good game by from Bam Adebayo against it. Embiid. Um, he really struggled against the Bucks last year when they got swept. Um, and then he struggled a lot in game three once Embiid was back. He had a good scoring game, and there's only so much you can do defensively against Embiid. And I thought he competed pretty well in that. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 40. Um, but the, the Heat are like, I think they're 14 of 65 from three in these two games. It might be time to dust off Dun- Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to solve Robinson all their music. problems, but if you need to drop a couple of threes here, it might be time to dust off the $90 million shooter you have. Yeah, I, I got, I've got a theory that Victor Oladipo, he has been as well as he's awful. playing. No, not as but well as he, he's playing. He's he looks he, terrible. He, and, and, and the thing about him is, he doesn't give you any of the spacing. Like what what made what makes them so tough to guard is that they do have guys flying around screens with Bam Adebayo or dribble handoffs with Bam Adebayo. That they do have guys around Jimmy Butler to to free him in the mid-range. That they do have all the spacing and and without Duncan Robinson when 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 Victor Oladipo is is taking his place in the rotation, it's like they just miss that a lot. I know Duncan Robinson didn't play up to his normal standard earlier this season, but but man, they could use some more shooting right now. Yeah, I like I Oladipo's a good story, and like I get it, he'll get to like nineteen randomly here and there, but defensively he's been a disaster, and offensively there's just no flow with him on the court, and and like I just think that okay, you you got your reclamation project, like you can break glass in case of emergency with him don't just throw him into the into the rotation because it's not like it's just not working it's not working at all like trey with with harden last night um is he is he washed still but he had a good game or like how, do, how are we judging this because he had a fantastic fourth quarter like i think we could say that he won them that game in the fourth quarter uh because it was in I the balance like, I, I don't like to call him washed um i think that his game he needs to adjust to his game and understanding what he can do and what he can't do any longer. And I don't even like to call it vintage Harden because again, that was his first 30 point game since like January 25th. Right. Wait, really? Oh my God. And that's ex- oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> this dude used to score 30 on bad night. I'm not, I, Trey, the- I'm not, I'm not doubting you here. I just hadn't thought about it. So I'm looking it up. That is insane. <laughs> I'm yeah. not doubting you here, but I absolutely doubt you here is what I heard. <laughs> but it's true. Yes. No, it was okay. It was yeah. his second. It was his second. He had one. He had a random one. 
uh, at the end, of the, toward the end of the season. He had one March 29th and then one January 25th, and that's it. Yeah, Holy so shit. second. I mean, it's, it's still. Oh my god! I, I, you know, I was I was off one. My yeah, bad. but still, like I would have guessed. Okay, he's had ten at this point. Like, <laughs> still, <laughs> yeah. still was not close. Yeah, so I mean, I think that I don't think that his days are 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 beyond him, but I do think that the expectations of him going out and doing what he used to do isn't there anymore. So he needs to find other ways to be effective, and it it tends to hurt him when he looks to try to get bailed out by um, fouls. If you've watched him play, he's not aggressive. Um, and last night was probably the most aggressive he's been all postseason. Um, but most of the time, I think he's trying to mask how bad he's, you know, his, his confidence is. Yeah, He's taking less shots. He wants to be, he wants to look pleasantly, aesthetically good on the stat sheet to say, oh, well, he shot six for eight. He shot eight for 12. And finish with 18 points, you know what I mean? When they really, when they're really relying on his scoring, and I don't think that's, yeah, you know, his strong point. I mean, he's going to make some shots. He's going to show up like he was able to show up big. But for Joel and B to say that's why we brought him here is a little bit more of a tougher axe yeah. out of him because I don't think that he's going to be able to contribute that much. Most players would love to have an 18 point per game career like James Harden right now. In his standpoint, fans, the people, his peers see him as a 25-point-per-game guy, a 27-point-per-game guy, a guy that is top three in scoring. And I think those ga- those days are beyond him. I think he uh, is hugging Tyrese Maxey at this point. Like, thank God you want to play the two. Thank God you want to shoot. I get to distribute, and this takes a little bit pressure off me to be able to be expected to do these certain things. I'll be able to contribute some but I'm a shell of myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those days are gone. You, hey, guys, Trey, you, you help him out. He missed say, the last three with a, with a hammy. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, and I, and I joked about it before he had having the game that he had. I said, Jim Harden, you need to watch Luka. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, again, he they, they have a similar playing style. It's very slow but very deceptive to get past people. And James Harden's a very strong player. He's deceptively strong. You know what I mean? Like even on the defensive side, he has better low post defense than on ball because he can kind of body up and use his body. And I think that he needs to learn how to play back to the basket. He needs to learn how to find other ways to score versus what he's used to as far as dribble, 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 step back and rely on that or – trying to draw the foul. Those are his two options now, and he's a much better player than that. He's just went away from that game since 2012. Yeah, no, to your point, like, he was just focusing on, all right, well, let, let me, like, at least make the stat sheet look good, right? So people like Jay King can make horrible arguments about, he hasn't been that bad in the playoffs. <laughs> like, yeah, look, it's fine. Uh, but his his playoff reputation is way, way overblown. He's also trying to get sixty-one million a year. Yeah, he's also trying <laughs> yeah, to yeah. trying to get that two seventy or yeah. whatever that, that contract is. Yeah. So 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 when they sit at the table, we can slide that paper over and say, "But see, yeah, I didn't the numbers. See, look at your numbers. numbers. And, and there's just there's <laughs> this guy the in Boston that keeps keeps you know co-signing everything I'm doing in the playoffs. So like, like you know, just give me the give me the sixty a year. I'm gonna say something oh, I never thought I would say That's about a good. James Harden thirty point playoff outing oh boy it was a fluke what <laughs> it was a fluke 
It was what happens when a guy hits a 30% shot six times. Like That's it. He hit six brutally tough threes. He got to the hoop twice. One of them, he actually beat Bam. Salute to James. He beat a guy once. Mm-hmm. The, the other one was in transition, and he had, like, some crafty, like, old man move to to avoid the defender in transition. I don't think he can do that again. I, I, I don't buy it sustainably. But here's the thing. They don't need him to do that sustainably. If, if he can have a flurry like that every once in a while to, to supplement what Embiid is doing – and steal them a game that they wouldn't have won otherwise. That's what they need. And so he's not going to be able to do stuff like that every night. People saying that was the old James Harden. Like, like no, that's old James Harden. <laughs> but, but, but the guy's a genius. And sometimes geniuses, like, dig deep and, yeah. and find ways. But I didn't see anything sustainable about that. Like it, it wasn't to me a sign like, oh, Harden's figuring it out. He, he's going to be fine. He's going to be the old Harden. Like, no, but but they don't. They might not need it if if he can give them enough on certain nights. You know who's been terrible the last two games? Kyle Lowry. He has not come back in this rotation well at all, Mo. He, I, I mean, the hamstring. Like you could see him even wincing every time he yeah. was making a play. Right? Like even when he had a, uh, a I think it was a, a wide open layup, he's jogging back, and you're just you can feel it for him. Like in, in that situation, I think he went back to the locker room two different times. Mm-hmm. Like each time I thought like, oh, he's done for the night. And then he comes back. I'm, he's really struggling. The whole thing has thrown him completely out of rhythm, you know, sitting out after the, uh, what was it? Game two or game three? It was game three when he got hurt, right? Against Atlanta. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a- it's just throwing him off rhythm as a whole. And then it's, you can see the difference when he's not on the floor for the, the heat, the ball just gets thrown all over the place. I mean, Gabe Vincent was a nice pickup throughout the regular season. This is a big spot for him, and now you're you're stuck playing Victor Oladipo, and now you're screwed. You know, and I think that's they should the be situation. playing Gabe Vincent way more. I would cut. I would cut but, back on the Lowry minute. Like Gabe Vincent was good for them in the first two games. He series. was, and, and 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 but I think you know you also just you're missing the stuff you do get from a healthy Lowry, right? Sure. Like when was the last time we saw the kick ahead? You know, when when somebody would leak out off those situations because that was coming largely from Lowry finding guys ahead of time and them getting. The, the heat getting easy buckets off of that. And now without those, now you're dealing with a set defense against the Sixers who now have Embiid out there. It's a lot different than DeAndre Jordan. You're you're in a tough spot. I just, I find them really in a, if they don't have a healthy Lowry, I, I don't know if they'll be able to pull out this series. Well, that's the thing. Embiid completely has changed the outlook of this series after, after two games in Philadelphia. Now we'll see how that looks in, in Miami and see if they shoot this way. And if, if the heat continue to shoot this poorly, like they did the last two games, but it guys, it allows me to transition to our last topic. The MVP <laughs> is reported to be Nikola Jokic for a second straight year. And how can he be the MVP? If you see what Embiid's doing, you see what Giannis is doing. Sorry, <sighs> I got bored by that argument for a second. Um, I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't really want to like, litigate who should be the MVP. We've had this conversation a bunch of times already. We, I think we knew Jokic had the best chance of winning it based on like some straw polls and everything. I'm curious, do you think all of the complaining about the process of 
the voting process of of how this is going. Do you think that that's going to lead to a change in the voting? It hasn't been scrutinized like this since was it what year was it where LeBron should have been unanimous, but like Carmelo got a vote. Right. Right. I, so I, what, what I would you want them to change about? No, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like if you want to like change, like who the voters are and stuff like, I, like what, like, but I think the way it, it, the way the system is, is pretty much like the best it can be. Like we've seen, we've done the player voting thing before and that's a disaster. Like you can't trust the the player voting because we don't know that they're even going to participate or or like what what it'll be if they do right i don't like maybe the league should just name it maybe the league should just kind of like like man up there and and just decide like hey we're naming awards right we're gonna name the winners like maybe like i if they if they took it into their own hands i'd be fine with it but again because the complications are because there are real money implications for some of these guys tied to how the awards go it's like there's some media members who are not comfortable with that aspect of it. Um, and also like if the league starts doing it and guys don't get votes, it's going to be, well, they're trying to help out the team and not have to pay this money and all, you know, like there's always going to be a conspiracy involved, but I just don't remember the voting being this scrutinized before. I don't think the league should do it. I I, I think you're right. The system is what it is. I think the, they got to find a way in the next CBA to, to take the money out of it. Because I think that's the real complaint of, of How do you across do the board that, with though? all of this. Like, I don't know if you can I, do that. I have no idea, but this it's terrifying that you are one of a hundred people, Zach, that get to decide millions of dollars, right? Uh, Who's getting paid and, and, no. and whatnot as as a voter? Yeah, no, it's terrifying that you. Have I don't that get power. to decide it. I didn't tie it to them. Like that's the CBA. <laughs> no, no, I don't no, decide that's that. That's the CBA. I think. I think. But I think that's where a lot of the the consternation comes from. And I think that's one of those things. And the other thing too, everybody needs to relax, man. It's a regular season award. Like when people start pulling in playoff stats and look what they're doing in the playoffs. Okay, this well, thing's a regular season. How about award. this change? Let's have it all the way leading up to the finals. Hold on. Hold on. Also, Jokic averaged 31, 13, no, and no, no, six no, Jay, on 57.5% shooting. We're not arguing who the MVP the should entire- be. We're not doing that, okay? We're not doing that. Okay. We're okay. not doing okay. that. I don't give a fuck who thinks who should have won the award. I don't care anymore, okay? I also think it's this is the wrong year for people to be so mad. Like, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, they were just all amazing. They all had... All time seasons. They all had any value. of those guys, any of those guys were extremely valuable. And so getting super upset about an amazing player who had an amazing season. No, who Jay, carried a Jay, team that was no, no I just no, I'm mad. Stop I'm it. mad. Everybody's mad Mike. right Mute now. Mute his mic. Mute his mic. We're not we're not arguing who should have won MVP. We're not. I'm more curious about what the process of it is. Trey. Do you think there should be a, a change to the system, and what could what could it be? No, I mean at this point, no. I think it is what it is. I think we're, you know, wishful thinking, and I don't like to go on wishful thinking. I mean, it's so many things that could be changed, but the game is changing. It is what it is. I mean, you don't you know, want to see like the postseason involved at all. Like, should should we just now make it like everything combined, and then do the awards after, or just like I mean, no, these be, are regular season be, awards. It, it would be cool, um, but it's it's it it would manipulate history. 
sure. and what we what, what what is standpoint on. You know, what I mean, I think that everyone has a voice now, and everyone's being able to again having a voice helps and hurts. It grows the game because it gets more people interested to check it out. But it hurts it with so many angry people. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like no one, you're never going to make anybody happy solely. Like someone's just not going to be happy with it. Or somebody's just going to troll and try to, you know, do that thing. But at the end of the day, um, it is what it is, you know. And, and, And rightfully so, I've seen a take where someone said, well, Jokic, that's back-to-back MVPs, has yet to like have any postseason success, no championships, et cetera, um, yet is one considered, I guess, a dominant regular season player. Um, and that puts him in a situation where his stats are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but he's but no no game is won alone, solely alone. You can win a basketball game and dominate, but your teammates help you get this to this point. Right. And given but I'm saying, given given the standpoint, you got guys like Aaron Gordon, like, I really look up to him. I respect him. I'm going to, you know, learn from him and watch film on him. I'm like, <laughs> you had all opportunity yeah. to do that. Aaron and like, Gordon now said, you want to take I'm it I'm going to work on my basketball IQ this summer. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I also understand that in a situation of you don't have Jamal Murray, you don't have other, you know, players that yeah, help you yeah. get to those to get to those type of levels, you know, it's down. And then you look at, okay, Joel Embiid, rightfully so, played out of his mind this year. I felt like this is the closest chance for him to win MVP. Yeah. And unfortunately, he fell short. Um, but at, but I don't think that there's no right or wrong answer. It could have went either way. If Joel wins it, I'm not mad at it. Embiid, uh, if uh, Jokic wins it, I'm not mad at it either. They both um, were very... Uh, consistent yeah. and both very dominant in their respective conferences um, throughout the season. Now, when we look at who gets eliminated first or who's performing this way, none of that stuff matters. It never mattered. It's right. just how much of a delay that the NBA goes about yeah. announcing this award. Right. They sell the drama of it thinking and people who do not follow or people who do not look at it in the situation of like, hey, this has been decided weeks ago. And you're watching basketball, and that specific player that has been chosen for that award happens to be continue to play beyond the regular season. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So when you see those performances game by game, you're like, oh, you know, it's like a, a boxing round. You're like, well, he kicked his ass that week. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, like he he should have it. I give him a 10. Yeah. Embiid, he was, you know, I'm going to give him a 10 on that one. And, and, and Yoka should have got a nine on that. And then you look at the scorecard and it's like there never was any score taken. Right. The decision was already made. And I think that's when it's given out so late, like in the second round or whatnot, that it causes confusion and frustration. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the, like the, yeah. like the, 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 the performance last night. Right? Everybody's like, he's playing like MVP. It's like, cool. Yes, he's getting better. He's getting healthy. He's getting yeah. the attention that he needs. He's had games out. Yes, he's returned. He's he doesn't want to get eliminated. He's a competitor, but. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, the decision has been made. This doesn't alter anything. It's not anybody's gonna go in there and go change anything. Yeah. And that was a bad source by whoever it was with the blue verified check saying that respected officials are gonna show up at game three. And you know, uh my sources tell me that MV is the MVP. That sucks because right. people are like now expecting that, oh, he was robbed or something. Like, like 
we're watching a movie and like someone shook the votes or, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like this yes. is political yeah. or like somebody stuffed the votes and now you're mad at the media or you're right. calling out the media's names. Because saying, one like, person oh, misreported. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because they wanted clout in this yeah. particular situation. Exactly. Of having an announcement. All right. Just, um, out, just out of curiosity, yeah. since it's been so long, do you think? Jokic is already back home. Do you think he's got to fly back to get? No, he was, at, he was at, he was at nah, an avalanche game recently. Oh, was he? I yeah, he was at, okay. uh, like okay. a couple days ago at least. I saw I saw a picture of him at the avalanche game. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay. Sorry, I cut you off earlier. Why do you think Jokic should be MVP? Because he was great. This is all the time we have this week, guys. Sorry to cut. We're just out of time, Jay. Unfortunately, we don't get to your MVP argument. But just listen to, I don't know, March through April of this podcast, and we can get some form of that. Uh, for Trevon Edwards, for Modak Gill, for Jay King, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked on The Athletic and subscribe to all the podcasts on The Athletic Podcast Network. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Okay. Right? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out.